welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and chunks only live to 50? What's the point of even being born? <laughs> and I'm Carter, and open the hunking door. <laughs> First Marvel F-bomb, wasn't it? It was. Carter, it you dropped- Coming from old you, Jimmy Gunn. Carter, no, no previews for- Oppenheimer, but you just dropped the H-bomb. Would you please tell me why you're the hunk? I dropped the H-bomb because I get to don the regalia Mm. for graduation and sit on a stage for eight hours. Ooh, total. That's today, right? No. Yeah. That's next week. (laughs) How stupid. Uh, It's not next week. It's technically technically this Friday and Thursday. Mm. Thursday and Friday. So, So... can you imagine if somebody thought it was this week? Wild. <laughs> what an idiot. I can't even fathom the stupidity of thinking could something somebody might be, be one so week dumb. and Wild. it's a different week. How could somebody be so Unreal. But I know what is this week. And it's right. It's, it is this. <laughs> it's what's happening right now in your ear holes and out hey, of our mouth That's a good holes. segue, man. I'm, I'm full of them. I'm chock- Full to the brim. Call with that, we call we call that a weird skateboard with handlebars that you stand up on because that's a segue, my friends. Call me Paul Blart like Mall that. Cop because I got that segue. And the other segue I have is this one. The movie we're discussing today stopped. is a movie made by Marvel, the cinematic universe one. Mm. And uh this one does go by the name. Guardians, Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy, Galaxy volume, three. volume 3. The final volume, ride. Volume three of a, the one last <laughs> ride with the Guardians. And I legally cannot discuss this movie until Doge synopsifies me. This week's IMDb synopsis has no author, which means that it was created by the High Evolutionary to be the perfect synopsis. Mm. Steel. Nah. I said nice. it wrong. I said the first word wrong. Steel, I said the first word wrong. Steel reeling. Steel reeling from the loss of Gamora. <laughs> Lynn? <laughs> yeah. Liza. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful. Well. Wow. Well. Well. To the point. Mm. Mm, that's how it goes. I could tell uh, that we're one gonna wasn't do, Nick because it didn't take yeah. me on a journey. I know. No. I know. Uh, we're going to do the first 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes or so, spoiler free. So if you haven't seen the movie, it's still safe to be here. It will rapidly become unsafe for you after that point, though. It's true. It gets less safe. It gets much less safe. We'll give you we'll give you ample heads up to get out of here. Yeah. Um, if you want to, if you're just listening to see, should I watch this or should I not or whatever, that's sort of what this... First little part's going to be. And I think that's a good place to start, actually. Who, who's this for? Who, who is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for? Uh, uh, if you're, if, if I'm, I'm just a, I'm just, let's pretend I'm just a guy. Yeah. Let's yeah. start just I'm guy. just a regular guy instead of, you know, all this. I'm just a guy. Should I see this movie? Who's it for? And I, I think I know. <laughs> pretend I'm just like the partial package. Like, I, I get, like I'm, I'm total package. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Like, that's clear. If I'm just like a partial package, like a little, a little small bit. parcel, not the yeah, total yeah. package. Fit in the mailbox. Package. Should I see this? If I fit I'm, in the mailbox, should I see this? I'm just a regular guy trying to have it all. Should I watch this movie? Um, so I, I'm not I here in my that- ivory podcast tower, living the podcast dream. <laughs> I, I think that this movie is... If, if you're a Marvel fan, if you like the MCU, I do think that this is not only a don't skip, but maybe one of only a couple don't skips of the last three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that this, Wakanda Forever and No Way Home are the only like mandatory viewings so far. Yeah. Um, of, I don't even think we're in the same phase as Wakanda Forever anymore, are we? We're technically phase five now. Technically, this is the right. first one of phase five, I think. And the reason that's confusing is because phase four was nothing. But yeah. I think that um, this one, even though I don't know that it really touches much of the overarching universe. 
I of think it's Marvel. better for it. I think it's I better agree. for it. Was too. Yeah, for the first too. time in a long time, this movie feels better siloed than it does yeah. touching everything. And I think it's because it was written to be small scale. Yeah. I think if you're, I think this is a great one to go see if you're uh, maybe a little bit aware of some of the behind the scenes stuff with James Gunn as well. James Gunn was sure. fired from this movie by Disney a long time ago. And then they said, oops, we shouldn't have did that. And he said, sorry, I'm making a Suicide Squad now. He went and made The Suicide Squad, which is pretty good. Then came back and made this. And this is his last project with Marvel before he goes to be the big boss of DC. So if you're at all curious about what the vibe of those DC movies might be like, or if you're curious about Gunn as a creative, this is a great movie to go see. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I think that's a great explanation. I think not since the tonal shift that Thor took once we introduced Ragnarok really has there been in some ways a tonal shift, but it's a good one, right? It's like Ragnarok was welcomed. This one was, I'll tell you, like if you're looking to have a crack up fun time like you have in the previous two, Guardians, you'll have those moments, my friends, but it feels like a small sliver of the pie. Um, It feels like you'll have it for the sake of relief, for the sake of rest. Um, But It's it's funny, isn't it, that Guardians, like Guardians 1, nine years ago, eight years and 10 months ago, was the movie that kind of turned the MCU into an action comedy franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the least jokey MCU movies of the last I mean, since Guardians won. Like, yeah. Every, yeah. like this is the least jokey, which is why. This wild. one's pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. What a it, what a kindness. I, I, I can't help. I thought of James Gunn often in, I did in, too. in this viewership. And, you know, it's funny. One of the people that they reached out to, to and, and almost signed, except he refused, was Taika. Taika was going to pick up because yeah. of that vibe, was going to try and when pick up the third one. He said, yeah. no, he said, absolutely not. These are... These are guns films. It was like it would be. He said it would be like someone walking in to the house and being like, "Hey, I'm your new dad. This is how we make peanut butter sandwiches now." Basically, right. it's like you just can't do that. And so I say how we make peanut butter sandwiches now. Say how we make peanut butter sandwiches. I'm your um, new dad. James Gunn for this to be his final installment into the Marvel universe. He's given them wonderful content. I think it was yeah, like yeah. he could have. Not that I would have ever thought like on a blockbuster scale, someone can be lazy. But I think so often when there's so many moving pieces, they're gone, they're back. These things can kind of screw up the ending. And that oh, sucks dude, I to think say goodbye. Hollywood's lazy way. all the time. I think Hollywood's yeah. constantly lazy. I think that's the problem. And and I yeah. think that this is, you can, there's a lot to be said. And I, I want to be clear, we'll, we'll get into it after the spoiler parts. Oh, or when we get into the spoilers, we'll get into it. I do, I have some pretty serious stickles. I will stickle about this movie for sure. Um, right. there, there, there's some real stuff that bothered me. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is an excellent, perfect movie or anything like that. But for what it is, I do think that this is, I, I will say, I don't think I've seen a Marvel movie. If, you, if we take Wakanda forever out of the equation because of the emotional heaviness surrounding it. So I feel yeah. like it gets, it gets bonus points. So if we take it's that not out entirely of the within the script of that movie, sure, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. If we take that out of the equation, I don't think I've seen a Marvel movie with this much heart since Endgame, maybe. No. And here's the thing yeah. too: it's not jarring in how different it was because there are so many characters in Guardians, even Star Lord. That is there. There has been heart there, right? We couldn't have yeah. just introduced heart all of the sudden into the Guardian series, but it was what a what a wonderful like long, slow breath out it was for me to be like, oh, wow, we've, we've actually tied a bow yep. on, a, on a branch of a series here. Like yep. the Guardians has been, the Guardians as a whole, these three, this three bit here is wonderful, I think. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. the first and third might be the strongest of the installments, but I would argue the only, it is the only <clears throat> trilogy of Marvel movies that is mostly its own complete story that you could watch as a trilogy without really watching the rest of the MCU and still get a pretty complete story. Part sure. one. Sure. I think you could, yeah. Save for the Gamora Spider-Man. stuff. You'd have yes. to kind of know about that. But. Yes. That's really the only thing. Yeah. Do you think you could watch Spider-Man standalone? I think you could. I think there's enough outside influence in the Spider-Man trilogy to so much of Spider-Man Homecoming is um, a response to Avengers 1. Yeah. So much of Spider-Man um, 
What's the second one called? No Way Home? Far From Home. Far From Home. Far From Home. So much of Far From Home is a direct response to Endgame. Yeah. And so and much of so No Way no Home. so is No Way Home a little bit. It, I was going to say, No Way Home yeah. is more of a response to Far From Home, but still yeah. really like… And don't get me wrong. The, the Mark Webb Spider-Man trilogy is… John Watts. John Watts. I'm sorry. Mark Webb. Mark Webb's amazing. amazing. Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. The John Watts Spider-Man trilogy is really excellent. I would say yeah. that that yeah. is probably the other trilogy worth jumping into but for its I definitely own think it's less standalone though. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, the Guardians just… You're right, Carter. Other than the Gamora stuff, which I don't think is a spoiler because she's in the trailers. Sure. But other than the Gamora stuff… Guardians could be watched yeah. as its well, own thing. Well, I, I felt like through- it was especially especially notable because of the other trilogy that we've seen close out recently. We just got the third Ant-Man movie a couple of months ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And Ant-Man 3 was totally a different movie and different vibe and felt like just a, a movie featuring Ant-Man rather than yeah. a movie that was part of that franchise. Yeah. And this is We're- definitely not that. This is definitely the- Guardians 3. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, was the Ant-Man trilogy the same director the whole way through? It was. It was Peyton Reed. The See, whole that's time. what's weird. I was about to make an argument that like the, the commonality here between the Spider-Man and uh, Guardians was that we kept the same director. But yeah, yeah. it felt like it felt like uh, Big Marvel pushed the needle for yes. Ant Man a little bit in the I think touch you could, of desperation. You can make an argument. And wow, what a waste now with with uh, with majors. <laughs> I know, yeah, man. Real dude, being what a such disaster. a big part of that. Not that not that his absence from the MCU is the worst thing that he did by any means. No, no, no. But still a bummer. Overall. Such a huge yeah. misstep. Oh, yeah. And now the writers that were working around the clock are on to fix that are on strike. So who I know we didn't knows what's gonna happen, dude? Yeah, things like the MCU are big effects for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't think that this is necessary, but I think we can say that two chunks and a hunk supports writers getting what they yeah. deserve. Pay oh, absolutely. Go hey, on writers. strike, baby. Don't ask End Chat quickly, GPT to write your SNL's movie. SNL's going on uh, hiatus until the writer strike is done. <laughs> so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap this up. But let's wrap it up in favor of the writers. I don't blame yep. them. Yeah. I blame you, nasty corpos. Get out of here, you Just dumb dumb. Pay them more. Pay them more money. They're making corpos. all your content anyway. You got you nothing corpos. You corpos suits. Damn. Damn. Do you think AI you? is going to start to come into this conversation? That's the point. That's why they're striking. Is because they the. Some of the demands are like, I know that you think you can outsource our job to chat GPT, but you cannot. Oh, really? No. Yeah. AI is a really? huge part of the conversation around the strike. Get ready. It's going to be, that's going to be yep. a conversation. See, college students are striking too. Yeah. Because they're, okay. <laughs> we can just write our papers. Chat GPT. You can say anything can about college and I believe you though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That. I'm so out the of the king, college loop. You're the, you're uh, the well, king loop. of a college? What are you? College King, yeah. College King. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I guess we sh- maybe maybe we would have been better served to say this is the end of the spoiler-free part about two minutes ago and then had a dumb conversation about AI in college. Yeah, that was the transition. Give a chance mm-hmm. to walk away. No, but instead, we're going to say We're right waiting now, for people to naturally turn that off when it stops being interesting. Yeah, sure. That's what we, <laughs> we end the spoiler-free part by just being boring. Yeah. No, this is the end of the spoiler-free part. And we're just going to we're just gonna give you guys um, about 30 seconds here. To get on out of here while we discuss, um, I shouldn't have burned all those good college jokes. I know all those college Dang jokes are it, done. And if you're, yeah, if you're, sometimes I listen to podcasts while I take a shower. And if I'm in the shower and I know that the spoiler free section's about to end, first of all, shame on me for starting a podcast about a movie I haven't seen where I can't get to the pause button. So that's, yeah, that is on you a little, but not, not entirely. We want to be allies to you here as you make your way dripping wet with water. To your phone to ruin the podcast. Put your phone in a bowl of rice. Yes, put yourself in a bowl of rice. Even dry Mm. off before you hit the button. We're now going to talk spoilers. Can I? Is it okay if I super dump? Dump on them, dude. Dump. Don't dump it. Chris Pratt has gotten worse at acting. Yeah, I, I'm being a hundred percent genuine. He is he is maybe at a career worst in this movie to me. I think that his only good scene in the entire movie is Rocket on the table with about thirty minutes left to go, and yeah, that's yeah. just because it was a ten. He got to go up to a ten, and I think any actor can go up to a ten or their version of a ten yeah. and seem pretty good. I think that Chris Pratt. I'm not. 
I got Chris Pratt fatigue. This is not a secret. I, I outside of that, I really think he was very bad in this movie. And I also I don't think, think he was. Yeah, I'm going to combine cool. super dumps here. I'm sorry. I know it's uncouth, but uh, Jordan, don't do couth. Um, Chris Pratt's acting and Gamora's presence in this movie for no discernible reason are my two super dumps. And I genuinely think that those two things, every time they were focused on, killed the momentum of this movie. Hmm. Discuss. Hmm. I can't yeah, say I Yeah, I disagree. It's not, it's just not as, I don't have as strong as, of a negative opinion. I think Chris Pratt was below his average and everyone else, you start to realize, has always been great. Yes. In terms of our, our supporting cast. 100%. But they all turned it up. Yes. They did. And by the way, and not a commentary on down, Zoe which, at all. She did fine. No, 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 just, no, no, no. Why is Gabor yeah, she here? Was fine. Because we had to… So, I believe we know Zoe is not coming back. This was her yeah. final Marvel movie. Yep. And if that's the send-off, that's disappointing a little bit. That's what I'm saying. But There's no reason. That's for what her we to be do. Here. That, but but now you know you got to think. Feige has this big list on a wall somewhere in one of his office where he's having to. It's called loose ends, and he's having to just check those boxes. It's like, <laughs> ugh, this was gross. But now we don't have to talk about Gamora anymore. Now we don't have to talk about the partial cocoon time that Adam Warlock had, even though he's been in there for 15 years. Uh, I my super dump is. Unfortunately, I don't think I don't think that Warlock needs to be here. I, I think it felt like doing too much with such an aside, and now he holds the plush toy. Like he also introduces the plush toy into the mainstream. Yeah, and for now sure. when you go to Disney World, you can buy this thing and it's sitting next to the porg, next to Grogu. And it's yeah. like we don't we don't really need that. That thing is cute. And Disney does it a lot. And when they hit, yeah. it takes over the world. So why not just keep throwing stuff against the wall? Sure. I like I like Adam Warlock. I think he mm-hmm. was fun. I think, yes, you can say, well, if he's not there, then Rocket doesn't almost die. If he's not there, we don't get to have a closer look at how does the creation feel against its relationship to the creator. But it just wasn't necessary because everything else was, was carrying the weight of that. Yeah. And so for us to have our Sistine Chapel moment when Pratt and so Warlock, weird. like that was so weird. That 30 that seconds, kind of weird. Yeah. what they did is they basically just shined a spotlight on the part of the stage that wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. They were just <laughs> like, oh shoot, that's, oh my God, we just caught someone who's supposed to be off stage right now. They shouldn't even be, like those two didn't even feel necessary, the energy that we gave to them when really this felt like very much about Rocket and just people learning to go their own way. Yeah, and so that was that was a bummer because my super pump overall, Doge. Do you want to say something first before I pump? Yeah, I would love to have a turn to talk on the podcast if that's cool. But you can super that's pump fine. and then I'll go. My super pump is theme. I think any main theme of this movie was poignant and heavy and great. I loved the theme of uh, our villain was phenomenal mm-hmm. in my opinion. He's mm-hmm. great. We pulled him from Peacemaker. Um. Let me get the name. Let me get the name. Let me get the name. So the High Evolutionary was played by Jakuti Awuji. Um, and he was he was great. But having the High Evolutionary be this person who is obsessed with uh, clearly something that you as a, as a human to some extent, as not a god, obsessed with how things can be better mm-hmm. and never even really focusing on like how things can be fine now, like mm-hmm. with with the the anti theme in terms of like Rocket realizing like oh, who I am and the things that I didn't have control of are what make me awesome, right? Is I love all of that. That was so that resonated with me. That was huge. Yeah, I really really enjoyed that. And so that's when Agreed. the anytime anytime we tried to have some kind of diluted piggyback on top of that of Adam being like oh no he killed my mom. Out of nowhere. I can't believe the creator would do this to me. You know, it was just like, ah, bummer. I love you to fight. You know, maybe you don't talk. I don't know, but. Sure. I think Adam Warlock was likely a studio mandate inclusion. The same way that, the same way that Namor was in Wakanda forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I think probably he's being set up for something in a future Avengers, but he was, he was like, I think part of Gunn's vision for this movie because mm-hmm. the Sovereign were such a huge part of Guardians too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really don't have any trouble feeling like he belongs here as part of this movie. I think Will Poulter did awesome. I Agreed. thought he was super, super funny. Actually yeah, really enjoyed having Adam Warlock in this movie. Uh, I think that I think that Gamora, like the fact that we make it a point to show, like I actually really, really love that Gamora and Peter did not end up back in love, back together, that he just, rep- I love that he, I was afraid he was going to replace his Gamora with this Gamora, who is a different no. person. Uh, and I actually right. think it was a really, really great moment of character growth for him, like Mantis said, to learn how to swim. I loved that. I thought that was really, really thoughtful and really well done. I did too. I think showing Gamora finding a family within the Ravagers, uh, to me, serves to illustrate the broader found family theme of the Guardians franchise. That like, hey, there's nothing that can predict what your found family is going to be. Give every group of people a shot. Sure. And the like, Guardians aren't click- special. They're not the only right. group that can make right. you feel like when that. It, yeah. When it clicks, it clicks. And it's once in a lifetime. It's once in a galaxy that you find these people. And so hold on to them when you find them. But don't selfishly hold on to them. The end yeah. of this movie yeah. is about let them go when you hold on to them because you prioritize their good over your comfort. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, man. I just, I I don't think that I co-sign at all the fact that I liked that Gamora was in this movie. I I liked the stuff with Peter and Gamora. I think Chris Pratt actually did well in the scenes with Gamora. I think he did, he had virtually nothing to do other than kind of like stoically cry into the distance when Gamora was there. And I think he did that just fine. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. the least funny he's ever been. I think that's, I think to me, that's the Chris Pratt thing is that like, when he was first cast in Guardians, he was coming fresh off being Andy in Parks and Rec. And so he was like not a megastar. As he's transitioned to a megastar, he's become way less comfortable being the funny, goofy guy. And sure. I think you can totally see that here. I yeah. agree. but I And by the way, the writing of Star-Lord and Gamora, I just want to be clear, no problems with. Well, yeah. I, d- I still don't think that Gamora should be here. I think that the rest of the story can do the found family thing without it. Yeah. I like because Gamora we don't for get the, the sake found family of, thing until the very last second with Gamora. Yeah. I like the Gamora, uh, Gamora for the sake of Star-Lord, like Peter trying to create his own world to a much lesser extent as what the yeah. high evolutionary yep. I, was trying I was about to, to say, do. I think of that having control over the narrative, right? Yeah. And so I did like how those were parallel. Yeah. That, that, that all works for me. It's not a writing issue with Star-Lord. Uh, as much as it is just Gamora's inclusion for me. But man, I just, Chris Pratt, every scene he was in, that he was a focal point. Yeah. Just fell pretty it's tough flat because for this me, is dude. Because Rocket's really the protagonist of this movie. 100%. But, but Rocket is sidelined for like mm-hmm. the first two thirds of this movie. For mm-hmm. Acts yeah. 1 and 2, Rocket is unconscious on the table. So like, yeah. I think I'm just not, in general, not a fan of the like super flashbacky structure for a movie like this. I just, I have a hard time feeling like that's the best way to spend our story. But I, I did like this. I think they did a good job uh, with those kinds of like flashback moments and, you know, having Ugh. this basically equal parts Ugh. Guardians 3 and Guardians 0, Rocket yeah. Raccoon Origins is great. Like, I, I think it worked really well. I agree. And I think we'll probably have more to say about those flashbacks. For sh- I will, at least. But um, let's go ahead and jump to shout announcements. We'll come back, talk a little more about it. Shout announcements. The part of the show where we give shout outs and also make announcements. Make this an is owl. the one for you guys. And by you guys, I mean us. <laughs> we stole it from you. Shout out gotcha. to us. We're going to talk on this one instead of what we normally do, which is give you guys a chance to speak. We're going to talk <laughs> on this shout announcements. Trying it's something our, fresh. It's our turn to have the microphone. I'm tired Finally. of this podcast being all of you talking. It's us now. <laughs> <clears throat> as we enter into the season globally known as summer, the uh, weather heats up. Uh, 50% of the globe. The concrete heats up. The air heats up. The romance heats up. I don't know. Every That sounds, that sounds like we're going to do <laughs> Summer of Love. Oops, oops. Which we may. 
<laughs> I'm not ready to spoil anything, but we do have sort of a fun, interesting announcement ahead of us. We are always in the labs, always in the kitchens, cooking yep. up hot, fresh, delicious fresh. ear meals delivered straight into your brains. They're known as Waxy. podcasts. And as Ew. we cook up, as we uh, invent, I would even say, uh, one of the things that we tend to do is take the time to plan so that we know exactly what's coming and uh, we've got fresh movies waiting for you. And this year, uh, we want to tackle that even harder. And uh, we've come up with sort of some ideas that we want to flesh out and uh, really give the space to breathe. So with that said, for the first time ever, Two Chunks is going bi-weekly. Dang. We're going on. We're going on. It's not summer break, but it's more like, you know, remember when everybody pitched year-round school? And it was like, <laughs> sometimes school, sometimes not school. <laughs> That's our summer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's our summer. So there's so many new releases this summer. And yep. we want to we wanna hit uh, all the big boys. And big it boys, just yeah. kind of happened to work out this calendar. We realized as we were looking out at our calendar, it basically works out to every other week. There's some new release. So it's things like Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Like obviously Fast X. Things like Across the Spider-Verse. Even things like Asteroid City and... Barbie slash Oppenheimer, which is going to be a weird double feature week for us. Yeah. I uh, wonder if someone's going to bump there. I don't know. Barbie and Oppenheimer? Well, I'm no saying way. like if one They're of them is… In. Right. So I guess they couldn't change a release date at this point. I mean, they could. I I don't think That'd they are. Silly, I think though. they're playing chicken all the way to the finish line. Yeah. That's I mean, true. I'll be seeing both that day. But, but regardless, it, it works out to where we've got a new release uh, pretty much every 14 days coming your way from two chunks and a hunk. Very exciting. And here's the thing, like we talk about it being every other week. Really, you can have us every hour of every day if you join Discord. Shameless plug <laughs> that's here. That's true. But that's like we don't true. ever go away if you that's just a pay. Threat, actually, we've said that's that a from threat. the beginning. We don't go away if you pay. If you just If you pay, pay we, don't we don't go, go away. away. Give us yep. your money so that we can be funny, I think is also Oh, the other. that's good too. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Uh, we've been was talking. We've been talking behind the scenes about some fun stuff that we might want to do to celebrate the release of Fast X, and we'll be announcing that over Discord. Discord is kind of your ticket into some of those things, uh, and it is called we call it your ticket because you're going to be going too fast for the law because of Fast X. So you're going to need it. Just more. That's just another example of the great creativity from our podcast. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff you can expect. With a week break in between summer episodes. It's Don't give us time to think of flavor. good jokes like that. <laughs> you know you want it. So yeah, uh, as we as we as we march tr trudge through the melty sneakers against the hot pavement of summer so that we can come at you so incredibly fresh, it's not even funny. Be ready for it. Can I jump back in with a super dump? Please. Yeah. This is the first, uh, it's usually Tyler Bates who scores these movies, uh, who writes the soundtrack for them. This is the first Guardians movie that he did not work on. Mm -hmm. uh, the composer for this, let me pull up their name, let me pull up their name, is John Murphy, who James Gunn worked with on The Suicide Squad and I believe Peacemaker. And I think John Murphy's score for this is trying to do way too much. The the like instrumental score, the needle drops are as good as they've ever been. Full particularly, disagree. particularly, no sleep till Brooklyn was that really freaking cool. Uh, I think the needle drops are as good. I as I liked they've creep ever been. at the beginning. I liked creep um, at the beginning and no sleep till Brooklyn and dog days are over and the rest of them were, I think, reaching for the same feeling as Guardians one and never quite hitting it. Hmm. I liked them, uh, but I think the score was really, really tough. We had very little. Uh, very little of the score that felt like it was written to the scene. A lot of it felt like temp music that was used in like to say it's going to feel kind of like this, but we're going to write the final one later. Sure. It felt really tempy. Uh, and then we only got the main Guardians theme, which like the Guardians are notable for being the one, the one character really other than uh, Captain America with a recognizable motif. It's like yeah. we have the Avengers theme, the Guardians motif, and the Captain America motif. Uh, and one of the highlights of 
end game was when we wove all three of those together and realized, man, it's such a missed opportunity that every character doesn't have some sort of motif. Uh, but we only got the Guardians theme here halfway one time when Rocket is flying yeah. his ship in the third act. And it just is such a miss to me because that's so recognizable, such a part of the identity of these movies. And to leave it out of the third Especially one. with a farewell movie. With, uh, you know, leave it out like, of the farewell is like, it reminded me of in Spider-Man 3 whenever we did not rehire Danny Elfman. Right. A different, different composer for Spider-Man 3. And it just right. like spoke to, it says there the same thing it says here, is that the, in the pre-production process, there are major behind the scenes problems. Sure. Mm -hmm. Can we can can we dive into those needle drops a little bit more and like what sure. worked for them? What worked for you about them? Yeah, I just I, I think I just like James Gunn's taste, and I feel like he uh, another creator who I think does needle drops really really well is Vince Gilligan. Vince mm -hmm. Gilligan to me needle drops in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are simultaneously the least expected and the most appropriate song for that yeah, moment. I, I in a million years, never would have picked that song. I probably, in a million years, probably could have picked Creep uh, for the beginning of this movie, but literally none of the other, like I would never have picked No Sleep Till Brooklyn for like that third act moment. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like they all worked really, really well. Some of them worked better than others, sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's always been true of Guardians. Uh, yeah, none of them I, I stood out as not working for me. I don't know that every single needle drop's been a 10 out of 10 in Guardians, but I think if there's five needle drops, if there's eight needle drops, I think three of them, four of them hit like perfectly. And I think that's kind of the standard of Guardians movies. See, I, I th for me, at least, Guardians 1, I think is full, is 100% hit rate. I, I think hmm. that Guardians 1, every needle drop felt right, fit the vibe, even if the vibe that it fit was almost anti-vibe. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of the needle drops in Guardians 1, the unexpectedness of the song was the thing that worked. Yeah. Something about this, man. What didn't did work not. You? Pretty much everything except for Creep, Dog Days Are Over, and No Sleep Till Brooklyn felt like mm. it was just like trying to do the Guardians 1 thing and never quite getting there. Um, yeah. I I feel like I had a lot of recency influence here because of the last Chris Pratt movie we did and how it was <laughs> how the needle drop sucked iconically awful needle dropping sure, in the Mario yeah. movie that I was like oh yeah this is how you do it yeah <laughs> it's so none of it really stood out to me as bad and when it hit it hit so well that I think yeah. that kind of clouded the other ones I kind of liked so for for me some of the needle drops were not super recognizable songs. Um, and it's not like, you know, I could be at the end of this and it was like, you know, the over a decade ago when Guardians came out. It's like, well, I don't think those were recognizable either. Then Guardians made them sure resurface and be more recognizable. But I liked the tone overall for, yeah. for the other ones that we had in I here. I think maybe that's what I didn't like was the tone. I, I don't know. I'm trying to put my finger on it. Like so many of the needle drops felt like antithetical to what was happening Hmm. on screen to me in a way that didn't feel like it was intentional juxtaposition for me. Um, yeah. But I mean, clearly what we've encountered here is the the art of subjectivity. Like sure. some things work for some people and some things don't. And And for me, the needle drops, other than the big three, really left me wanting. Yeah. What What worked for you in this movie? Needle drop wise? No, just just in general. Like let's let's talk about oh, the things tons, that did work for tons. us. Yeah, yeah, I'll super pump right now. And my super pump is every scene that Rocket is awake for. Yeah. Rocket is the best part of this movie. Are you including Brad, flashbacks in that? Mm -hmm, I am. Yeah, yeah. I think the flashbacks, even though I'm not a huge Ugh. fan of flashback structure, I think that first of all, Bradley Cooper really yeah delivered here. I, I I have felt recently that Bradley Cooper was kind of phoning in Rocket a little bit, but yeah. man, Bradley Cooper showed up in this movie to deliver Rocket's lines with tons of emotion and feeling and Rocket became so likable and so, so easy to root for in this movie. Not that he wasn't likable before, but I feel like we watched like a metamorphosis of his character in this movie that made me sad that we might not get Rocket again or at least I not for get a while. I bet we get Rocket's team in Secret Wars. That would be great. Because I, I think Rocket is an excellent leader for the team. And 
man, I, I just, I fell in love with Rocket even more in this movie. His origin story, he was animated so adorably and so, like you, I felt so sad for him in ways that I was not anticipating um, when we started this movie and his little like family of uh, oh. experiments. Yeah, his family of Yeah, Carter, talk to me about that. Uh, I can't. Like, how'd you I, feel about that, Carter? <laughs> it's like Sid from so, Toy Story, but if he was dude, even here's more monstrous. We're gonna get deep, and I think you. Uh, I have realized literally in therapy, like three weeks ago, why things like going to the state fair and not wanting to go into the petting zoo or in the area where all these cute little animals are in cages. Yeah, for sure, bothers mm-hmm. me, and it's because when I was ten, there was something that happened in my life that. I finally have given myself the grace to just say he did the best he could. Mm. You know, it's like I had no control and I was completely innocent and was thrown into a situation that was just really traumatic. Mm-hmm. And so it was animals in cages times 10, dude. Yeah. Floor, teeth, Lila. When Rocket, when Little Rocket post brain surgery says hurt, yeah, his that was first tough. word is yeah. Hurt. It was brutal, yeah. man. Big cry. I Bleep cry off, big. dude. Yeah. Bleep off. I'm, I'm, I'm like censoring myself here. It was so, it is so good. And it was, you know, James Gunn is in his like, he knows exactly what he's capable of. And I think, so James Gunn is known for pushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll, but, and sometimes for the sake of shock, he kind of started as a shock comic. He did. Going yeah. too far and seeing how you react. Yeah. But I do feel like regardless of how cute and traumatic and I'll never forget how these cute little animals looked and sounded, mm-hmm. he didn't do it too much. No, I agree. Yeah. I don't, and he could have. Yeah. And that could have just been like, what the heck are you doing? When he gets to do too much, it's like say, here's how basically uh, pulling Drax out of this organic hole in the sky looks like popping a big zit. It's like, okay, what a James Gunn fun thing to do. Yeah. Incredibly over the top that we're going to go basically inside an anus station and <laughs> yeah. uh, try and get, you know, great. But what he did here was the perfect amount, just enough to make it excruciating. I will probably never see this movie again and it breaks my heart. I don't know. If I see it, I, I might skip these parts. It's, sure. it, it does too much to me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Long, that's a long way of saying, how did I feel about it? It wrecked me. It absolutely. Did you, did you go home and hug your puppy afterwards, dude? I yes, I yeah. wept. I it was just like tears were flowing. It's like okay, cool. We're still going. Oh, flashback again. Man, Rocket's not doing so well. And then it was like then I just noticed like the 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 tension of face changing, mm-hmm. weeping, yeah. mm-hmm. of just like being up, and it just neck chest like was just running down. Splash zone. It was really hard. Yeah, yeah. I think we un- we unfortunately started our conversation with the only two things I really have anything negative to say about in this movie because it sounds like I'm way more negative on this than I am. I really enjoyed this movie and I think everything but what we started talking about really, really works for me and I think mm-hmm. that these scenes with Rocket are where that, that's what I'm saying, this movie has more heart than most yeah. of what has been coming out of the MCU in forever. And I think that the scene with Rocket and his three buddies laying and naming themselves was weirdly yeah. beautiful. Oh. Like it it uh, really yeah. touched me. By the way, real quick, just want to say, Wheelrus. Wheelrus. That's very good. Yeah. Wheelrus is good. So just wanted yep. to say that. But yeah, man, I think that Rocket going back, rescuing all the baby raccoons and then blasting what's his face straight in the dome. The high evolutionary was yeah. maybe the best vindication feeling yeah. in the just, MCU. Just seeing the entire Guardians team beat the crap out of the high evolutionary yeah. at the very yeah, end, man. and then ripping off his mask and leaving him alive because it's worse for him to not be perfect than it is for him to die. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's a hard PG thirteen. Like that effect yeah. of oh, him having is, no face. This is a very hard PG thirteen. Yeah, this is yeah. maybe the most Big gruesome. Time. Marvel movie. But all of it feels so, and I guess I'll super pump now. It's so very James Gunn. Yeah, like I, I think James Gunn is my super pump for this movie. Nice. Because he is like, and similar to Ryan Coogler with Wakanda Forever, a creator with a 
auteur vision. He's like, this is my vision. These are my characters. Yep. He posted uh, a number of years ago on social media, just a picture of the finished draft of this script. And his caption was all my heart. And it's just a picture of like the book closed on Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. Yep. And I totally see that. Like these are his characters. This is his, I just feel such ownership from him over this franchise. Uh, and then his, his ethos as a creator you can even see it in yeah. the Suicide Squad. It's another kind of like found family with a ton of heart, but it's also like shockingly comedic, shockingly dark and violent. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like I, I am, have been a very vocal DC detractor <laughs> over the course of yeah. our podcast. But I, I honestly don't think there's another creative working in the like big franchise studio space who could do anything interesting with it other than James Gunn. Yeah, like I, I, I have yeah, full there's confidence not, in James Gunn. Guardians 3 will very likely stand alone in my eyes in the grand timeline of things as like the most uh, shared influence on these two universes. Mm. Yeah. Because you were so encouraged in the midst of something that was just doing strange asides that were trying to connect to something that we didn't even fully see. It was still kind of blurry in terms of the overarching theme of the MCU. And then also understanding the transition of this person who's leaving the MCU for something to, I mean, it's like hoarders. It's like the, yeah. it's like Gordon Ramsay walking into the kitchen at the beginning of every, every episode and just be like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah. What do we even do? Yeah. What do we even do? We start over. Do we just bulldoze it all down? Right. But to be encouraged, like, Bow wrapped here. Oh gosh, here's what Marvel can still be, and yeah. here's even some freshness because mm-hmm. James Gunn is also so fresh, incredibly yes. fresh. You can tell when it's him, but he's also willing to change and do whatever he needs to do. So I'm I'm super encouraged. I think it it somehow made me encouraged for two completely different superhero <laughs> universes, know, and dude. that's yep would have never. That's I wasn't even looking for that walking no, into this I movie. Know. You know. I really what I what I think I've realized is how badly I needed to like this hmm. cathartic. It was it was weird, yeah. yeah. It, it, and and how badly I needed it to work, and it it really really does. It does. Can it we, really does. Yeah. Can we rapid fire? At, you know, we're we're kind of running short on time here. Can we rapid fire some stuff that really worked? Because I genuinely yeah, can I first- don't have anything negative left to say about the movie. I do want to shout out, because I think a lot of people are going to talk about our uh, trio with Rocket when he was going through uh, the lab. For sure. Yeah. But Lila, uh, the otter, is Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's her second um, Marvel role. Her second Marvel role. She's back, dude. Teefs is Asim Chaudhry. He was yep. in Taskmaster, if you've ever watched that. Mm-hmm. Really sweet guy. He's also been a character in Sandman. Uh, and then Floor was Michaela Hoover. I didn't know her very well um, uh, from other things. But those three… Just want to give them their their props here. Yeah, they, they, excellent. They did excellent, excellent job. Really excellent. I I think every every character's like final landing place uh, after the Guardians split up at the end of this movie, I think was treated with the utmost care. And like I can tell, uh, it's such a like interesting way for James Gunn to send off these characters that he so clearly loves so much. And put them in the hardest possible positions for Marvel to make a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4 without him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it was very much a like, hey, these are my toys and I'm going to put them where you can't reach, but they're still there. You can still see them. You just can't touch them. Yep. And I yeah. I, I thought it was so thoughtful. Like every single person, yep. Drax coming full circle to like, you only became a Drax the Destroyer because Thanos killed your family. This is not who you are. You're yep. built to be a dad. Like I just Drax thought it was so, dad. everything so was so thoughtful. Yep. Yeah. So thoughtful. Loved. Go ahead. Well, I I think Mantis is one of the hardest characters to make work, and she worked so well. She was great. She was one of the gag of her falling on her face and her legs scorpioning over the back of her head was so funny to me. Yes, it happened so many times. (laughs) She was one of the best. uh, She might have been my favorite of the crew. I think she was. She was great. Awesome. And what a fun way too to like. Because we know we can't help but think of, especially in big studio uh, anthologies like the Marvel Cinematic Universe of all the real people that are involved in this. It's sure. like Bautista has wanted to be out for a while and he's out, but yeah. he's honoring James Gunn. And so he wanted to make this last one. So he's yeah. out. We know Zoe's out. So those people are going to be pretty impossible to come back. It feels like we got 
a look at the Guardians. And this was without Mantis, right? When we had our extra credit scene with Adam Warlock and Groot. Oh, yeah, because Mantis Cosmo. Yeah, Mantis just left. Yeah. With the big space. So is she not ever coming back into the MCU, I don't though? Think so. Is Palm. Okay. No, she's That's she's game. super, super loyal to James Gunn. I bet she's in DC stuff. Yeah, probably. Okay. Good for her. She was awesome. I think what that off. Cosmo was really funny. The good dog, Cosmo bad dog bit was hilarious. I thought yeah. that the way that they made Cosmo hold the ships together and like the effort on the dog's face was really impressive that they were able to pull I off. It looked, I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they green screened out something that the dog was tug of warring with somebody or if that was My, all that was I think a, the dog was completely CGI. That was a CG yeah. dog. That was not a real dog. It's really impressive. Yeah. It's super impressive. Um, yeah. The hallway fight to No Sleep Till Brook, 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 no sleep Brooklyn. Brooklyn was fantastic. Yeah. A I really thought that would be a super fight fight from somebody. Uh, it, it was so it good. It was really cool. It I just, close I me. can't get past the rocket of it all. That's the thing that I'm going to yeah. think of when I think of this movie as rocket specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, even though he was completely awful, the high evolutionaries, uh, Goonies, like creatures that are the, the fighting ones. Hellspawn. The Hellspawn. Are fun. Yeah. yeah. The Hellspawn are fun to watch. Still <laughs> felt sorry for them. Uh, the Warpig War was Judy Greer. I was yeah. just about yeah. to say that. <laughs> you guys get Rocksteady and Bebop vibes from… Big time. The yeah. Judy Greer's second Marvel role as well. She's, Scott, she? she's Scott's ex-wife in the first two Ant-Man movies. Oh, dude. Uh, Crazy. Back dude. before those were trailers for the next Avengers movie when they were yeah. actually about Ant-Man and his supporting cast. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that everything on Counter-Earth was awesome. Star-Lord straight up murdered Mateo from Superstore by jumping out of a spaceship and landing on top of him. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. That was wild. <laughs> I super, super, that felt like James Gunn. That and Star-Lord dropping the MCU's first F-bomb. Yeah. Felt like James Gunn being like, yeah. listen, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Star-Lord's whole like, uh, when he's like, you're going to kill us both. And Star-Lord goes, not both. And just <laughs> lands yeah. on top. That was wild. I was super not expecting that. Yeah, I wasn't either. Um, I thought that ca- the, the counter-Earth thing was a really unique way to show a destruction of earth without it having to affect the rest of the MCU. And I also mm-hmm. thought that all I could think was what a weird flip of meeting aliens that the normal people are the aliens that the yeah. people on this counter earth can't understand. Like, I, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. very yeah. flipped on its head, which was fun. And I don't know how intentional that feeling was, but it worked for me. Um, yeah. And I also, uh, the, the part where Star-Lord jumps in the driver's seat of the car and then it's like, I left Earth when I was eight. Why would I know how to do this? Yeah. It was pretty fun. I have no idea what's It was a pretty on. good, yeah. pretty good line. Groot was cool. Like, it's not even yeah. adolescent Groot. It's like whey Groot, oh. whey protein Groot. Like I just have Groot. to say, yeah, he was Thick he Groot. Was Kaiju Groot. Beef Groot. Going hate Kaiju was that awesome. He hate that he said anything other than I am Groot. Absolutely. I don't think he did. It. I think that was the audience. Like, I, I really don't think that was him saying... I think in the fiction of the world, he said, I am Groot, but the audience understood him. A hundred percent, I do not oh, believe. Oh, now we're that family. Would I like that. No, I hope that's it. That would explain that's why, why nobody reaction, reaction, but I right. didn't care for that. That's I why nobody it. reacts. I think that that's yeah. the audience understanding Groot for the first and final time. Sure. Kaiju Groot was so Kaiju fun. Groot was great. Just full Kaiju. Yep. Just a, just a blast. Yep. Loved Groot. Obviously, we love Vin as a podcast, so of course we're going to say we love Groot. Yeah. It still is so weird to like see his face in the credits. Like to see like, when you look at IMDb, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel. Oh yeah, Vin Diesel. That's him. Vin Diesel's in this. Yeah, I forgot. He's definitely a family guy. Yeah. That's a part of this. He, his, he's not lazy. I don't think anybody thinks they work harder than Vin Diesel. But he gets to go on all of this stuff. Media junkets. Yeah. He's on the panel at, at Comic-Con. Yeah. What an easy page. Yeah, dude. <laughs> How fun is that? We haven't talked about Sly. Stallone is here. He doesn't necessarily need to be. Nah. Uh, it definitely feels like it was a one shoot. And they called it improv. Maybe he called it improv, but he just forgot some of his lines and how to really deliver them. <laughs> it was bizarre. It's weird to, to have Stallone here. Yeah. 
It was bizarre, but it's okay. What is the artist We're going to randomly- The Xenomorph is based off of his works. What's his name? H.R. Geiger. Geiger. Yeah. The Geigerness of some of the body horror in this gross. movie and like the anus space station and all that stuff uh, was maybe some of the best Cronenbergian H.R. Uh, Geiger type visual yep. as I, visual as eyes. Hey, what's wrong with me? I don't know, man. Hey, real quick, what's <laughs> wrong with me? Some of the best know, man. visuals of that type of aesthetic that maybe I've ever seen. It was super disturbing to look at. Like Nathan Fillion's character's armor was gross. God, I love Nathan Fillion. I did too. He's great. Uh, Nebula just kind of like pulling herself back together so many yep. times was hard to watch. Yep. Yep. But cool. You know, especially since she's doing that too. It felt very T-1000. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we had our hallway fight scene. But she feels so very capable. Mm-hmm. I love the gun arm upgrade from Rocket. Yeah, like, it's cool. probably it so the good. most I've ever liked Nebula too, I think. I think so too. She, they told the story so well that I was not disappointed that like really nobody died. Because people you changed. Know, like, it's because I, people changed. Yep. It's just because people changed. And that was fine. So that was great. Star and then, Lord, we, we still said goodbye. Star-Lord almost dying sucked. Uh, that I, was not needed. It was not necessary. No. And the other thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm not crazy, right? Nothing has happened to Star-Lord's helmet. Or his yeah, why did he boots, not use it? Right? For like, the first time in Marvel history, they're unwilling to put a no helmet idea. on somebody. Yeah. like Chris How did you Pratt, feel about knowing he, that he'd be back? I, I don't know. I, I think he's… I don't either. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure that final post-credit scene, like the, because there's two. The final, final one of him reading the newspaper with his grandpa was pretty unnecessary to me. I'm not exactly sure why we did that. Um, other than the Kevin Bacon joke from the Christmas special on the front page of the newspaper, but yeah, yeah. more than almost any other post-credit scene, this one felt like, or more than almost any other, like this character will return. This felt like. Chris Pratt will return more than like a like Star Lord. <laughs> Star Lord will yeah. return. Yeah, yeah, yep. I, you know, I loved that that it was just really uh, chewy that we were just listening to him eat cereal. That was yeah, fun. I know you. Loved yeah, that. I, I, I know that you was for just you. the sound of cereal between the sad so. animals and the mouth noises. This is like a movie for Carter yeah, Willis. This is Carter. <laughs> Um, it is time Let's to talk rate. about that first. Can we talk about that first post credit scene first? With oh sure, Rocket's new team. Uh, yeah. That girl is Phyla Vell. Uh, she's pretty different than her comic counterpart, but uh, I'm not exactly sure what you need to know about Phyla Vell. Just she's a named character and she'll probably, I think that team will be back in Secret Wars. Uh, Rocket leading a team of guardians against a stampede of animals felt weird. weirdly weird. so counter to the theme weird. and the vibe of this movie. Super weird. Yeah. Let's go slaughter these space deer. Felt totally, totally insane after the movie we just watched. I was waiting yeah. for what the threat was going to be behind the stampede. Yes. And the, to find out that that's what yep. they were fighting. and then, Or to just see Groot go make a big wall and just divert the herd away from the city or something like yep. that. No, yeah. that was yeah. strange. That was wild. That was really Didn't weird. Didn't think we were going to gear up to kill him. Yeah. Kind of tone so, deaf weirdly at yes, the end of the movie. I agree. I agree. Calling himself Rocket Raccoon was huge. Enjoyed yeah. that. Yep. Finally realizing that that is in fact what he was was he is than a raccoon. Yeah, him saying it to me, yeah. like him seeing yeah. the word raccoon on the thing. Everybody constantly referring to him as a badger or um, <laughs> a squirrel or a, a hedgehog. Squirrel. Yeah, that was all yeah. pretty funny. And then also yeah. the one thing that worked about Gamora for me, besides you know general theme, I suppose, was constantly calling Star Lord Quinn. <laughs> that bit yeah. was great. See, I thought she was calling him the right name. But that's yeah. just my, yeah, that's that's my issue. Yeah. yeah, sure. That's what you that's do. That's my thing. Because you're Carter from the past. No memory that's of our me. time together. <laughs> so old star guy, Patrick Quinn. He's a great addition to the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. It is time to rate Let's this movie using uh, science, the scientific cinema scale, is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last but certainly least the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. 
God hath forsaken us. I buy Guardians. High buy. Um, just for everything that we've said. I think it was wonderful. Uh, it's it's weird to say goodbye to James Gunn in this universe and hello to him in another. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what kind of influence they're giving him. It felt like he's got the keys, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels like that'll be a good move. So uh, I thought overall it was it was really wonderful. It's really hard to watch, but a lot of really good movies are. Yeah, that's true. I'm also going to buy Guardians Volume 3, and it's super close to a poster, actually. Uh, I just, the the ethos of this movie, the the James Gunn that you can see if you read between the lines, is just, I don't know, just really, really appealing to me. I, I love it. I love the place where James Gunn's career is right now and where it's taking him and like his story through Hollywood is really, really interesting and cool and mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's clear how much he loves and cares for these characters. And so this was just a a, a rare Marvel movie that felt like it was made by one person and not a corporation. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It was the yep. least corporate Marvel movie in a long time. I think that's what I'm getting at when I talk about the heart that this movie has. Sure. Um, I'm, because very little I mean, of it felt like a trailer for the next Avengers. And this especially none of, none of it the to contrast, me. the contrast of Ant-Man and the Wasp to this for is sure. just insane to me. For sure. I'm I'm waffling here. I'm I'm gonna be true to myself. This is a high rent for me. Um, I really really liked this. I'm in, I'm surprised by how much I liked this. And most of this movie works so so well for me. Um, I think that the the real world context makes this movie better. And I think that it's a good movie on its own. But I think that the real world context for what's going on here makes this movie better. But that isn't quite enough to bump me personally up to a buy. But please don't hear me say that this is not the best Marvel movie in a long time. Yeah. Because it, it for sure is. Love it. So uh, that's, 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 that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Great movie. Glad we watched it. I was, I was hesitant yeah. going in yesterday. So I was pretty I, nervous I, that I wasn't going to like it. it. Um, next week, we are off on the main schedule, doing that every other week. Beautiful, beautiful summer. And uh, the next time we hit you, Doge, what's that going to be? It's obviously going to be Fast X, so Ooh. fast 10 your seatbelts because it's coming. Finale part one. <laughs> fast the end of 10, the road begins. One. Not Fast 11 next. Fast Ride 10 or die. Two. Yeah, that's going to be it looks, number two. It looks... So stupid. Yeah, aggressive. In such stupid. a good way. Cannot wait. Yeah. Literally cannot Bring wait. Bring it on. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for Fast X, the next movie on our podcast. And uh, to end today's episode, I think what I'd like for each of us to do is to say our name and which, oh, which animal friend from this movie we would just like to have with us. Which one would we adopt? Oh, Don't shop, you know? Oh, make me sad. Uh, for two chunks and a hunk. I'm Jordan. I'm taking Lila. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm taking Lila yeah. with me. I like otters. Otters are cute. A talking otter with robo arms can hang out in my house any day of the week. I'm taking Lila. Any day, y'all. I'm Doge, and I am adopting Cosmo the space dog. Yeah, good call. I love her. She's such a good girl. She's such a good girl. I'm Carter, and I need to have floor. I need yeah. two. I knew it was going to be floor. Protect floor at all costs. Um, oh my God. I can't even think. I was having to sit there and be like, it's not real. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> hey, it's not real, dude. It's not real. It's okay. I do I do want to make sure we give love to Teefs, who I really thoroughly enjoy. I love Teefs. My only yeah. reason Teefs for not great. taking Teefs is I don't have the space in my house. I got stairs. I don't, have I don't think Teefs could go up and down them. Yeah. Also, the name I don't Teefs. have enough uh, eye moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, were his eyelids gone? They were pulled Propped open, open like Clockwork yeah. Orange style? Yeah. Yuck. But they were ro- they were robotic. He could still blink. But the, he could. The, the eyelid was robotic. Yeah. That's better, yeah. I guess. Teefs, yep. man. What a great name. What a great fellow. What a great movie. What a great podcast. What, a, what great friends what we great are. What great friends. <laughs> Bye. Teefs. <laughs> 